This is your host, Dr. Mesma Shabazz. Good afternoon, beautiful people all around the world. I'm so happy to be here with you and I am so grateful for your presence every other week, listening to all the conversations we've had so far and visiting with all the members of my round table. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing a very good friend of mine, Patricia Campanelli in Hawaii. And as we talk, we know we'll introduce ourselves and tell you a lot about each other and how we know each other. Aloha. Aloha from Maui, Minsama. It's so wonderful to be on your podcast today. And I want to thank you for inviting me and wish a warm aloha and a welcome to everyone that is listening in or watching in today. So thank you for being with us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we're very grateful for the presence, right? You and I know each other and you've been to Connecticut, even though you are in Hawaii now. I bet the weather is warm and nice over there. Yeah, very yeah. nice. It's I'm from Connecticut in New York originally. So that's actually my kind of hometown where I'm from, but I'm where at we I've lived out here on and off for many, many years. So it's a nice place to come to, especially in the winter months. I bet. <laughs> I, I I love to hop on a plane and join you right there. <laughs> Come visit. <laughs> yes, yes, it's on my list of places to go. I know, as, I know. remember that. Right, as soon as you know the weather clears and everything, I'm over there. I wouldn't even mind buying a home there. So it's on my list. You and I know each other through a mutual friend, Kyle. Yeah, from co through coaching. Yes. Yes, and I remember very well the first time he mentioned you to me, and you and I have had a wonderful relationship since then. We have, and I'm grateful to him for our connection, and I'm so excited and inspired by everything that you've created, you know, even since we first met in terms of your women's group and your podcast now and everything else that you're doing with your purpose and your work, and it really makes a difference to humanity and the women in the world, too. Thank you for that. Oh, and thank you, because you you were alongside with me right from the beginning there. Yeah, yeah so I appreciate that as well. Now, you are an edge walker facilitator. Who is an edge walker? What is an edge walker? Yes, I'm a certified edge walker coach, executive, and life coach, and evolutionary coach. And also, I facilitate programs and workshops and trainings and so forth. And Dr. Judy Neal wrote a book many years ago called Edge Walkers about people and organizations that break ground, take risks, break ground, and build bridges. So edge walkers are those of us who maybe live on the edge in between <laughs> the kind of practical, physical world of business and life with the more of the metaphysical, spiritual, really bridge builders between the worlds for people, humanity. We do both corporate work and leadership work. We also work in more on the kind of psycho-spiritual levels. And it's very integrative. I love it. And when Judy first wrote the book Edgewalkers, I'm like, oh my God, that's who I am. Because I kind of have my feet in both worlds and you know the practical business, strategic, day-to-day that we all need, you know, that right. structure and that support in. But I think it's important to integrate heart and soul and vision and either even other dimensions and other worldly perspectives to create a more holistic approach to life and to work and to humanity. So mm. I was very resonant with that book and the work and I'm certified in the coaching work and there's assessments around it, but Edgewalkers really live between the worlds and bring that to humanity for the evolution and the higher purpose and higher meaning. So how does one tap into this? You know, if someone is listening right now and thinking, oh my God, that sounds interesting. How do they start? How do they know? Well, if, if someone's interested, are you asking Minsama specifically about the edge worker work? Because if someone's specific, it's really actually interested in learning more about that, or there's assessments, there's questions, you know, are you an edge walker? There's different orientations and skills that I can speak about here in a moment. I'm certainly, um, there's a website called edgewalkersplural.org. Mm-hmm. That's E D G E walkers, edge walkers. 
www.edgewalkers.org that people can look and, and find out more, much more of a deeper dive into what edgewalkers are. And they could also, you know, get connected to me that way or through my information and I could share with them specifically what they might need for themselves, but because there, there's also an assessment tool as well. But the website has the blog we do every month. Um, I'm actually having a, a cafe. We have a live Edgeworker Cafe once a month. Myself and my two colleagues um, facilitate that. We kind of rotate every three months. Mine happens to be December 16th. But so there's different ways that people can connect with that. I don't know if that answers your question. That that is, you know, that is a start for anybody looking for a resource, right? Sure. To to really exactly. start something because it covers a broad perspective as to, you know our presence in this world and beyond, right? So we're talking about the transpersonal aspects of who we are and our experiences and how we pull it all together and make decisions about our lives. It impacts what we do in our careers, in our personal lives, in our spiritual lives, et cetera, right? Exactly. And I think that, you know, my approach has really been very much about integration, because I think that we're in this world, but we're not of it. And I think that too much in this world and too much out there is not even bad. It's not really balanced, you know, living sometimes in Maui or Hawaii, people want to kind of be out here. And then, you know, someplace like New York, I mean, please, I'm making generalization is so in the world that I think it's important that we bring you know, our mind, body, spirit, hearts, and souls to everything that we do. And I think that whether we're women or business people or entrepreneurs or whatever, I think that the more that we can open up our hearts and expand our spiritual consciousness while being grounded on the earth, because in order to really make an impact and show up fully, we want to be embodied in, in presence, our feet on the ground, on the earth, but accessing our intuition, our spiritual knowing, our open-heartedness, our deep feelings. And sometimes we also have to be practical and direct. So it's sort of bringing that all together, but it's a balancing act. And I think it's also a practice. And what I love is like with the podcast you have that you're offering and what we have today is to bring people to awareness. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, about awareness and knowing that, oh, I never thought, maybe I never thought about it that way or bringing in new ideas and, and you provide podcasts like this provides people guidance and support, which is what I also do with my facilitation and my coaching to live more optimal lives of meaning but in a way that we're aligned with our spirits and also with our life purpose. Exactly. And, and how we're here to be. Yeah. And, and as you were describing the variances between the two, like if you are too out there, I would say you become a space cadet you, because you, you won't be able to, you'll be too much in the air if I can right. know, frame it that way. And if you're too heavily set here and you lose the touch with your intuition and who you are as a spiritual being having a physical experience. Absolutely. And I think what you said is just right, is that we're human beings in a physical body, but we are, no, we're, we're spiritual beings in a physical human body. But I think what it's important to remember to cultivate and commune with that inner life Mm-hmm. with a connection to our whatever obviously it's a very personal journey but it could be the connection to the divine your higher self your deeper knowing your your spiritual essence you know whatever you want to call it you right. know i think it's a very private thing for each one of us but still to know that we're in a body you know to take care of our body mind and spirit and that what i'm finding now especially in the world and for the feminine and for women is that important that we are strong in our bodies and our purpose and our alignment. Meant, right. Kind of like the calm in a tornado. We just had all these tornadoes, but the calm in a storm or hurricane is there's a lot of change and shift, right? Going on. We would all, you would agree with me, right? There's oh, so, yes. <laughs> so much unknown, so much uncertainty, so much what looks like chaos. So a lot of people want to check out. Or a lot of people are almost too identified with what's happening in the planet. So it's really a balancing act and a practice day to day to be centered in our essence and our being, 
so we can navigate through the world, but we're awake and also connected to a higher consciousness. Because if we're overly identified with all the narratives and the stories going on here, we could go down a rabbit hole really dark and deep and depressing. So it's not about living with your head in the sand. I'm not about doing saying you can't do that anyway. If you well, no, you yeah. got to be a rock to not be. You know, you're. It's but some people are just not even looking. But I think it's important to notice what's happening. But if we can bring the light of awareness and spiritual consciousness, and even curiosity, and say, "Wow, what's really happening here? How do I feel about it? How can I make a difference?" How can I be a presence in the planet, my relationships, my family, my community for the world? It takes both. It's mm -hmm. not, you know, we have to, it's a balancing act between, I often say to my clients, you know, watch the movie, watch what's going on, be that awareness why we're noticing things and we can have feelings about them, whether it's compassion or we might get scared sometimes to be confused, mm -hmm. but it's not becoming overly identified with all the stories and the craziness going on because there's not a lot we can do about that, but we can do a lot with our higher awareness and heart and consciousness that we can bring to every situation. And then I want to hear you. I'll be quiet. But no, you said to me, it's not what we do. It's the consciousness that we do it in. It's the way in which we approach things, how we say it, how we choose to look at it. To be a little more neutral because there's so many divisions and you know, we're all being pivoted against each other. How can we hold a different space for humanity? Well, and holding space for humanity is based on love because Absolutely. all the narratives that are going on there with the intention to divide us is so that if we don't get along, then creates more power to a few. Absolutely. And what we need to change is to recognize that whatever is happening within me and with me is the same happening to the next person around me. So if I am living so well, somebody else is not, and I'm not reaching out to help that person, I'm not doing any good, as you explained, that is a mind, body, spirit experience. And that in order to really go to the depths of it, we have to be aware that we are all one. Exactly. And I think this illusion and the belief of being separate right. from each other, because it's an illusion, is part of the problem. You're gay, you're straight, you're Republican, you're Democrat, you're pro-vaccine, you're anti-vaccine, you're a woman, you're a man, you're, I mean, go on a black, you're white. I mean, you could go on and on and on and on and on. But the diversity that we experience, whether it's physically, our ideas, our beliefs, is part of why what this planet was created for. Before, right? And I experience being the same. And it's so <laughs> interesting to me that everybody wants to be like it's the same. And right. that if we're different, we're threatened. So it's like, but this is can I tell you why I think that is? This sure, is sure. Sure, sure. No, we're that, having the conversation. Is, Right. In the oneness that you talk about, Mensima, we understand that. And it's a day-to-day -day awareness. So I'm not saying yeah. I've got it all down, but we're all an individualized expression of spirit, the universe, God, whatever, higher intelligence. But we understand that. we That's what we believe, but not everybody believes that. So I think that the more, what I find when I work with my clients or speak to groups or women or leaders is the more people identify with their essence and not their egos, mm -hmm. their human egos with all the stories and the identities, the more we realize that we are spiritual beings having a human experience and we all come from a greater source, but the diversity that we experience Yes. It's a whole plan. <laughs> you know, and, and that, but 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 what I find, and I'm curious to ask you this, so many people are threatened by that. And it is fascinating to me because we don't have to, it's like the mirror that we're looking into, you know, I think it's become very narcissistic because people, and that sounds like a judgment, but it's more of an observation that people want to look back and see just what they see about themselves. But what's important to look deeply 
if the mirror is something different, it can be more of a question. It can be an invitation for a different mm. conversation. It can it be, could a, be a, a new experience. A new experience. And so many people look at something that's not reflected back as themselves and they want to attack. They want to diminish. They want to judge. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that this conversation we're having is like the Edgewalker Bridge, for example. Mm-hmm. How can we bridge beyond that? How can we take the risk and have a different conversation? How can we break ground to create a new reality? Because I believe we're living in a a spiral of evolutionary times of innovation if we choose to do that. Well, we have opportunities, right? On a daily basis, I think moment by moment that we can really recreate some of these narratives that have been plaguing us because it doesn't bring us together. And we're suffering because of that. So for example, in my world religions class, you know, I ask students to go to a sacred site that is different from their upbringing and experience what is going on there. You cannot understand Hinduism if you're just sitting there saying, oh, look at those people over there. That's what they do. No, you have to participate and get into that experience and really ask the questions, why this, why not this? And as a human being, you would understand and recognize that they are not so far off from the realm of spirituality or Christianity or any other religion out there. Absolutely. And and we have to open doors to experience one another in so many different forms, in languages, in in the foods we eat. It's interesting. This theme comes up every conversation that I've had so really? far. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I mean, yeah. Because people are beginning to realize that we can't isolate ourselves in a bubble and say that, oh my God, this is all I can be. That's a limitation we set for ourselves. If exactly. we want to experience source within us, we have to open up to everything. And oh my God, I'm thinking the first time I went to Italy, for example, and I had a Signora Besan was teaching me how to make pasta. She couldn't speak English and I didn't speak Italian. Well, we got along great. I still remember that. Something different than even went beyond language or culture. Right. I'm Italian. I'm married to an Italian. So I understand that. So it... But it's like the, the the thing is when you talk about like another culture for some for example you were curious and open to experience a new culture when we're like this right and divided and rigid in our beliefs or people we actually limit ourselves to you know, to an extent in the world that we can be experiencing oh by cultures and religions and experiences it doesn't even mean that we have to believe them or even adopt them, but we can have space for them, hold space for something different. And even in our differences or in our curiosity, it can bridge some of the negativity or the or the separation that is so unfortunately so dominant on the planet right now, particularly in the United States, but it's yes. happening everywhere. Well, I recorded a video on my experience coming into the United States and living here. And I talk about our humanity in that video where I give examples of how I feel like I don't belong, no matter what I do. And I can drive around the corner of my, I mean, a a town or two over, and I have the police behind me like I committed a crime. And I'm the last person who would get in trouble that way. I mean, it's so unsettling, but we've created the situation because once again, it gives a certain group of people power over, right? And in this themes of the edge walkers, you say, you talk about holding the light for humanity. Mm -hmm. And I think those things diffuse some of these narratives that have been created. And I think it's going to have an impact in changing the new world we're getting into moving forward, I mean, in the new year and beyond, because we can't sustain this way of living. No, we can't. And I so appreciate and resonate with what you're sharing, because I think that we're being asked to evolve. 
humanity right. is. I mean, each one of us, and you use the word power over. One of the things that we talked about prior to this call today, the podcast was about empowerment. And what I'm noticing, it's been rather fascinating to observe is how many people are willing to give their power away to the powers that be, or to look outside of themselves, to be told what to do. And I don't have a judgment about that. It's more of an observation, but it's very curious to me how to sort of, to be a critical thinker, to be sovereign in your own being, to be truly empowered often means questioning what's going on outside of you or diving deeper into other ideas. And I think that most people, it's just easier or more comfortable to have somebody else tell you what to do. And sometimes, by the way, that's really okay. And that's what's needed. But I think that the word discernment comes up for me is that when we're more centered in our own connection to spirit and our own being and our own sovereignty and our own power, we can then step back and go, hmm, is this really, is this true? Is this really good for myself and humanity? Is this working for me? Is this really what I choose? And I think that for a lot of people, it's easier just to follow a crowd. I think it's easier to follow. And I think the bridge to the new world, it's like the hundredth monkey syndrome, you know, like a hundred monkeys were on an island and they all started eating what the fruit one way. And then it, there was so much energy around that. It jumped over to the next the island next and the monkey started eating the fruit in a better way. It's sort of like the energy of those of us willing to, I think, be more empowered in our own being and have the courage to step up and align with our higher selves is going to shift humanity, you shift the planet for the better. But I think if enough of us start to do that, just like having this conversation today, hopefully will impact some people, the world can start to shift so we have more harmony and unity and less separation. Yeah, because information is filtered down a certain way, right? And most of the time, people are not being given the truth to the point where they start even voting against their own interests. For example, healthcare. Everyone needs healthcare at some point. You have to go see a doctor, you walk into the hospital, etc. Right. And in some countries, it's very easy. And here we experience, you know, people saying, oh, but if you take this healthcare, you're becoming a socialist. You see, so the you say, oh, I don't want to be a socialist without understanding what does that mean? You don't want to. And those labels that they put on things then force people to take actions that are against their own interests. And it, it is pretty but sad. It's you very know? sad. And I think that, you know, the word when you were speaking, I was thinking the word like this phrase, knowledge is power. Right. And when we have more information and we do our own due diligence, we can realize that very often what's being told to us, it's either not true, but it's only some of the truth. We're not being given normally the full. full. Exactly. So that we can each make a decision. Let's say, for example, healthcare, you're talking about that's based on all the, all the information or the full correct information. So we're being guided down a particular path that may not even be what's best for us. And you mentioned labels, because I think very often labels keep us disempowered, but also separate. Exactly, you know? right? They don't support us in being healthier, more conscious, more aware, more powerful. More open. More open, more anything. More receptive. And make us feel either more like a victim or pointing the finger about blaming and shaming. And I think that most people have to realize is that it's important to look at what you're reading or hearing, but then to do your own homework. But not everyone does that. So hopefully right. a podcast like this will invite people. To, to look into things that for themselves. Take the reins a little bit. and just A little bit, right. Exactly, exactly. And study a little bit and learn a little bit. I mean, you know, we were given this gift of a beautiful mind, right? And to experiment things with. Now, I like to research and read and even ask questions, right? I think when I was a kid, I asked too many questions. I was banned for talking too much, but that occurred. I because the I... same experience, which is why we're talking. <laughs> I understand that, right? Right. You're asking too many questions. Okay. 
If you won't tell me, I'll find out another way, right? Yeah. But we should be curious about what we've been given by, or we've been endowed with by the divine. And it's part of the spiritual experience to get to know not only our physical essence, but as you say, our consciousness and our awareness and expand that awareness. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it's true. And I think that, but I think it's helping people awaken, like it, it feels normal and obvious to us and maybe even some of the people listening, but it's just... What inspires me by the work I do and by what you're you're offering Mensama to your clients and to you know your whoever might be listening is in a like we mentioned earlier is an opening and an invitation to expand right you know, and to evolve and to know that there's more than just what we're seeing and that more will be revealed and I think that not everybody is having the same experience right now. I mean, a very wise friend of mine said, more than one thing can be true at the same time. Yeah. So some of us are really evolving and thriving, actually. I know a lot of people right now thriving at this time and growing spiritually and financially and, and expanding their gifts and connecting. So, and then there's some people who are really suffering and having lack and illness. So there's a lot of different things happening at the same time. So you say, well, I think that how can we feel empowered? What can we do to thrive or to grow or to use these difficult, very often difficult times we're in of unknown and uncertainty to actually use it as grist for the mill, as the diamond in the rough. As it's all in how we choose to look at it. Who's it? Tony Robbins said, everything in life is happening for us and not to us. And I absolutely love that quote, because if we look at everything we're going through, that it's happening for me and not to me, it doesn't mean we like it. It doesn't mean it feels good. It doesn't mean it's even okay, but it's how we choose to use the experience for our growth, for our evolution, for our healing, and for our good. Well, it's important that everyone on this planet goes through some sort of challenges. Of course, it's as, part of, as part of this it's life's part of journey. journey. You can't avoid it. You can't escape it. But it's how you use, as you said, you know, the challenges. And for me, I see them as stepping stones. Like Absolutely. you have an opportunity to step out of something and step onto something a little higher and view the world around you and see how you can make changes and step up. And as you step, as you go on those stepping stones, there is a cast of supporters that would help you to the next step. Absolutely. For as long as you are open to it, right? And that is where the spiritual practice comes in and really builds us up to gain strength within. So as we're talking about this, I'll segue into what you talk about reinventing success from the inside out. I can speak to that. And this is a, is a great segue into it. So I think that success, whatever that means, as we've known it for many of us has changed. And I think reinventing it and redefining it for ourselves. I actually think for me and for a lot of the clients I work with, I think it's an inside job first and then it's inside out and then outside in. I think a lot of people live outside in. Right in right. Wrong with that. And you're looking outside and then changing. But I think that to be empowered, to be to feel strong and, and connected internally, particularly in the world we're in, to define and reinvent what success is, is from the inside out. So it's what are your values? What are your highest values as a professional, as a woman, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner? What do you truly value? Where do you put your time and your energy and your word and your money? I mean, that says a lot about what you value and to strengthen that. And that's kind of an internal, what inspires you? Right. I think inside out is that I always say spirit and inspire spirit communicates through our inspiration. Where are we inspired? Where is, you know, I notice I say to people, if you didn't have to make money, what would you do? Where, what is success for you? Success may not be just money and career. It could be 
having a balanced life, having more time with loved ones, you know, having more time in nature. Success would be having, you know, a healthy body. You know, success could be philanthropic, you know, so it's really about deciding for yourself what that means. And the second part of the reinventing success from the inside out is about reclaiming your wholeness. So I believe that we all search, I've seen this through 30 years of coaching and facilitating workshops and retreats and working with men and women of all ages and stages and different backgrounds. Most people search and look outside right? You've probably seen that. I created something, a principle called the artichoke principle. I don't know if I've ever told you about this. No. To me, when I think about reclaiming your wholeness, about reinventing and having a thriving, successful life, is if you look, what's inside of an artichoke? It's just a... What's the middle of the artichoke? It's a very small edible... The heart. Right. The heart is then the inside of the artichoke. And for anybody who likes artichokes, the best part, I think, of the artichoke is- I've always eaten it prepared, so- The inside, the soft part is, it's called the the artichoke. But when you go to the grocery store and you buy an artichoke, you don't see the heart. What do you see? All the layers layers of it, right. That's like us. Like we have, it's like we're born with this divine purpose, with this beautiful, beautiful essence, with this- spiritual light with a unique one-of-a-kind expression physically and otherwise but through years of whether it's socialization right or society or parents or teachers or religion whatever it is trauma drama stories narratives identities all those those things things cover up that essence and I think that you know Byron Katie has a bit great thing about her work is called the work you know and her -hmm. thing is she calls it the great undoing and I love that because I think that the journey that a lot of us are on it isn't about searching for anything it's about peeling away you know some people say it's like an onion but I like an artichoke but it's because it's peeling away the levels of belief and trauma and stories and ideas that we get since little children. Mm -hmm. So as we grow and evolve in our transformational journey, as we peel that away, we're left with the revelation of who we really are. And guess what, everybody? It's been with you your whole life. Well, you know, and the truth and the beauty of this, you know, is that we, we know it deep inside ourselves what that is and what that looks like right and we have to really do the work to get to have to do the work and i think that what is the work it's different for everybody but i think that most people so let me so what i people say well i don't want to go there they want the heart they want the essence but let's say there's a leaf that has a painful memory in it Mm -hmm. or there's a leaf that involves having to revisit something that we don't want to look at Unfortunately, the only way out is through. And right. I say to my clients, I wish I could give everybody a magic switch and you could just and go turn around it. Yeah. And there's different ways. There's body work and energy work. There's working with a coach. There's so spiritual work. There's the work that you and I do that can help people free themselves. Talk about true freedom. So they can access that. Okay. But it takes courage. When you say, Mensima, it takes commitment. It takes awareness to say, you know what? I want to evolve to the point where I can shine my light. I can right. be that beautiful, one of a kind that I'm meant to be. But it often takes work to peel that away and to release it so we can let it pop up and shine out in the world. It's true. And as, as you are explaining this, you know, I get the sense that Others listening can relate in the sense that, you know, as you go through life's challenges and you experience certain things that are not so wholesome, yes, you can get down with it for a little bit, but it shouldn't sink you in of itself, that you should be able to find the tools to lift yourself up from it because there's something better ahead. And One of the other ways I look at this is that we are all unique in our expressions. Exactly. We're unique. We've been given exceptional gifts 
And in this whole world of 8 billion people, there's only one of me and only one of you, right? And that- A miracle. I told- I Oh my it. God. That is power right there. Right. Right. And to be celebrated, not resisted. There is right. this. Wow. I want to know who you are. You're a one of a kind miracle. Exactly. Right? You know, and I always say this, that the divine, you know, sees this world through our eyes. And right. therefore, you know, what are we showing to source? Right. If we think of it that way, it gets easier, right? That in that unique expression, you have a connection to source that can change your life experiences from whatever it is now to something so much better and bigger and greater, you know, Absolutely. because you get to open yourselves up to express as expansive as you want mm -hmm. it to be. Exactly. And I, I mean, I, I so appreciate you. And I, you know, I see why we're on this call because as I'm listening to you, it's like you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, I think we have a very shared perspective that I really yeah. got from appreciating you. I want you to know that. As I appreciate and, you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's great, but I, but I think it's important. Who's ever listening that it's a journey and it's, it literally is one moment and one day at a time. So be patient. Now more than ever, we need to be gentle and patient with ourselves and each other. And I think that, you know, even myself, I get impatient sometimes. And we all, there's a lot of stress in the world now. And I think right. I say to people, you know, you have to be a rock to not even be feeling the collective. Right. You know, I'm out here in beautiful Maui, but even then, I mean, there's there's sort of a collective ship going on. There's stress, there's concern, there's fear, there's worry. I have to be careful to have my boundaries and I don't take it all on, but I can have compassion. Right. I can help to shift that for myself and the people that I love or my clients and support humanity in that way. And I think that a lot of people feel it's feel scared because there's a lot of unknown and uncertainty and there's um, fear, you know, maybe so not so much for the people on the call or maybe, you know, we have moments of that, but to remember that um, we're, because people feel like they have no power and no control, right? But we actually do. We do. In control, I don't even like that word or take the reins of our own hearts of our own purpose of, of our divinity and utilize that because no one can take that from you whatever it's between you between world. you and source as to how this emerges and as i say the expression of it right and the expression of it is beautiful unique and powerful and gracious all the things that really makes a human being feel whole within themselves reclaiming that wholeness that's right the thing is is that it's we've been many people because of our our walk through life have been really disconnected from that and it's about reconnecting with something that some of us maybe have more of a connection to some are just getting a glimpse of but call it your soulfulness your divinity your heart your purpose whatever you want to call it is that it's kind of waiting for us right you know, we're looking for it, but it's here going. It is there for us to really reconnect right. with. And that's how the world will shift. Mm -hmm. I really believe that. If everybody, remember in you know the movie E.T. and he had his little heart light and he would turn on his little heart light waiting for his people to come, you know. Right. I mean, I think if we all turn on our heart light. If Lights. We all, oh. We connect with each other. That oneness that you talked about before, that's going to shift the planet. Continuing to focus on the fear and the separation and, oh, my God, and the worst thing that could happen. That's the old world. The new the world. The old judgments, right, about who did what and when. Yeah, it, it's old. It's an evolutionary one. And what I really want to say, I think what we're being invited to step into we've never actually experienced before. And it takes a leap of faith to let go of a lot of the things that really don't serve us anymore. Right. And I think that those who are unwilling, unable, or resistant to the changes we're in are gonna have a harder time. I don't want I agree. that. 
but they're having a harder time. For those who are willing to go, okay, it's scary, but I'm going to let go of the old. We're in a transition zone, which can feel like the fog, right? The unknown, but it's leading us to a new way, a new way of being and relating and working, a new planet that's more sustainable involve letting go of a lot and well, we, we can't sustain what is we can't no we can't we either we're not a conscious decision to say right. okay i recognize we can't sustain this anymore and we're going to move and shift to a higher consciousness in order to survive because Absolutely. we yeah at this point i want to say we have a choice but the choices are limited if we want to hold on to the old that is bringing us so much misery into the world. Well, you know, the court, you know, are familiar with The Course in Miracles, which is a right. channel book that's been around for decades. But mm-hmm. one of my favorite quotes from A Course in Miracles is love brings up everything unlike love. And I actually think that the reason the planet is in so much chaos and things are changing and there's so much unknown and things are dying and falling apart and because there's actually a lot of light and love on the planet. It's obviously what we think. So I'm just going to put myself out there and say, it's like if we were all in a dark room together and we, we put a turned on the spotlight, which is the universe or the sun or the divine We'd see all the little dust bunnies in the corner and everything that we've been pushing under the rug and not dealing with, but the light would open up the darkness. So I right. think that higher the vibration mm-hmm. of energies and love and light that are coming on the planet and the more and more of us that are doing the work that you and I are talking about or having conversations, men some right. like you and I are today, it's going to raise the love vibe and the that's, energy. That's the intention. So Yes, right? that's the intention. But what yeah. it's what it will do because it's a higher vibration is everything that is not of that love and light is going to come up from the bottom. It's like let's use the image of a lotus flower. Right. We've seen a gorgeous lotus. They grow in the mud. Mud. Muddy, yeah. dirty, like I don't want to go in there, but this gorgeous, beautiful blossom opens up that's beauty and light and unique we're like that we can choose to grow through the mud but we've got to know that the energy of love the fertile soil of awareness right Right. of our spiritual work is what is making all the unlovable undesirable scary things come up because it's about transcendence and evolution does that make sense it does it does it does so no mud no beauty what's happening on the world right now and i really want people to to understand that it's not what we think it is i think there's something bigger going on so i just want to say that yeah i agree with you and for as long as we open to it we will get through it really easily and I want to ask about the younger generation. We have a young girls. We all know a few. Five. I have five nieces and two younger sisters. So yes, I know a few, right? Yeah, right. So what do we pass on to them? Well, I think some of it is what we talked about today. Obviously, I mean, we spoke about some general, I think, principles and ideas that can really be applied to everyone. But for a young person in the world right now, I mean, I think even if you and I could look at our younger selves, you know, right. what to a teenager or 20 year old or, you know, whoever it might be, is that number one, you matter. You're here for a reason. Your unique beauty, purpose, feelings, whatever makes you unique is needed right now to honor and respect yourself and the other women around you, the other girls around you. I see a lot, unfortunately, having done so much work with, I've done work with girls, but also with women. Women, we need to, it's like a sisterhood, whether we're girlfriends or colleagues or in school together, we really need to support each other. Right. We need to have each other's back because we're not in this alone. I think a lot of young people and young girls feel alone and they're very identified with their bodies. And it's to know that you're something more, that you're all beautiful in your own right, but you're something more than even just your physicality. I think a lot of emphasis on that. Mm -hmm. And I think that women and girls, we need to support one another because there's often jealousy or envy or 
competition, even more than with men. So I would invite girls and women to just look in the mirror and practice to the extent you can acceptance and self-love, which I think is tough for young girls. It's tough. But I think, you know, if the older generation begin to nurture way that brings this message through, it will help. And we can do that within our communities and within our sisterhood, as you say, that if we were to form groups and build relationships that way, and then if we think back, at least in my culture, women, we call it the other women, mothering. Yes. Mm -hmm. Other mothering is the word. And it's not only your mother. In fact, most of the time we don't engage our mothers because usually when you are engaging them, they set in some rules that you probably wouldn't appreciate. You want to deal with the other people. They are probably That's more gentle with you than you know your own mother might be. But it is through other mothering and you don't have to have a child in order to be a mother. But in other mothering, you will be able to really share a common value that holds our young girls up to really experience themselves and their gifts at a very early age so that they don't grow up with some of these societal restrictions, et cetera, that have been put in place for them to go through, right? For example, now we're talking about social media and you have, is it Instagram being a tool that is hurting young girls instead of helping them? Absolutely. I know a lot of, unfortunately, that becomes your friend, the right. friend, how many friends you have, but it's about having a mentorship, a support system, system. like a group that you offer. I ran for many years in Naples, Florida, Southwest Florida, Women of Vision and Action. Mm-hmm. The reason we all came together every once a month or every other week, whatever, like the groups you do, is we need each other. Other than just social media, it's also you're dealing with computers. There isn't even a person there. Person. And with technology now, there are so many other ways we can meet. Like this, right? Right, like we're doing right now. It's it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So we talk about empowering women and then the younger generations. And the thing I would build on it, though, is, is about the word, is the feminine Right. So the feminine could the be sacred feminine. It could right? be the sacred feminine. Mm-hmm. It could be an aunt. It could be a mother. It could be a spiritual mentor. It could be a support group. You know, and it's also the divine feminine. I mean, right. it's you know whether it's your own mother or knowing that I believe that it's if women were running the world, I hate to say it, it would be a different planet. Mm-hmm. And I think that the empowerment of women and I have nothing against men, but I think that moving out of that kind of control patriarchy into the higher heart of the feminine of women is that the young girls were needed now. Right. Feminine empowerment and vision is needed more than ever. You know, so we want our next generation to have that support, to have that positive mirroring, that confidence and that compassion. And the other word is safety. It's a safe space. Right. And a sacred space. Right. And sacred space space. to be vulnerable and to share our concerns, to to share our ideas so that we're held, but we're also supported in showing up and giving back, knowing that we actually really do make a difference. And we have a reason for being here. Exactly. And we are... I think this earth depends on us because we have to rise and set things right. And right meaning that my environment is suffering, our children are suffering. There's so many parts that are almost falling to pieces and we need a community, you know, that would lift this up. And I think if we come together and live authentically and experience the fulfillment that we're talking about, that that will be a, a pathway to setting all of us free and growing and expanding our consciousness, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think what you said about community and living authentically, I mean, I know myself as I, you know, mentor my nieces or my female clients or, you know, the women's groups and the women in the world that I know, those women where we're sharing the journey are invaluable to me. We need each other more than we do. Ever. We do. You know, we're not, I want to say to the younger generation, you know, you're not alone. And you're you know, not meant to do it alone. No, we're not. I think yeah. we're meant to actually do it together. Exactly. No. And I'm forming a community actually plugging this in on Patreon soon 
So women can have a membership, join either my monthly circle where we can really celebrate each other and or do the inner work themselves by reading certain books and writing their own stories. So and as I we end. I've been doing this for some time. I remember when we first talked about you right. starting this and facilitating it. And I just have to say how excited and inspired <laughs> I am that you've been doing this all this time. And congratulations. One step, putting one step. Yeah, it's been great. It's been wonderful. And I enjoyed it tremendously. And as I said, I love the people that I've had the privilege to work with along the way. It's bringing me, a, it's almost like shaping the future, but in such constructive way that my world expands each time. I exactly. really enjoy that. I've had the privilege of working with some women that, oh my God, blows my mind. And I'm extremely grateful for that. And I'm looking to really channel this so that a lot of us benefit from the exchanges and the wisdom that are out there for all of us to really enjoy. So yeah. would you yeah. believe we've talked for almost an hour now? Okay. Okay, <laughs> so good. I think I have to ask you this question, though, before you go. Is Who is a woman of power and grace? I think a woman, just to come complete, and it's been a wonderful conversation. Thank it you. It is. Mm -hmm. Well, let me just acknowledge that we're each a woman of power and grace. I think part of being a woman of power and grace is acknowledging that you are. Yes. It's, not, it's, it's humble to actually do that. Mm -hmm. You know, if we don't know that ourselves, I'm serious. Like how can we stand it, be, share it in the world? So a woman of power and grace is embracing her power, embracing her unique purpose, her inner and outer beauty. Someone who is on the journey of connecting more deeply and hot more and highly with mm -hmm. your divinity, I think, in your heart, I think that's really, really important, is healthy in her body. I mean, we could have all these conversations and do all the spiritual work, but it's really important that we stay healthy and fit in our bodies, whatever that might mean for our individual physicality. I think it's really important that we keep ourselves healthy and strong. That's because if you don't have your health, you have nothing. So a woman of power exactly. is strong and powerful in her spirit, in her heart, in her body, she has a sense of connectedness to her unique divinity, her spirit, mm -hmm. and also knows that she matters in the world. That you know that you're that you're um, you're the grace of your higher self of the God working and speaking through you is one one of the reasons that you've been born. Beautifully so, said. Beautifully knowing said. that. Exactly. Uh, no, I, I'm big on I am statements. You know, people say, well, who are you? It's I am mm -hmm. an individualized expression of God's love and light. That's beautiful. A woman of power and grace. That's a woman of power and grace. And yeah. as you say, if we can express that ourselves, then we can stand in that power and share with the world. Right? Exactly. And support other people and other women in doing the same. Well, then that's grace, right? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. You see how quickly this went by? I know. It's like I so, it. so it. wonderful to be with you. And for all of us, anyone who listens, we honor you. you know, we honor you. you and you know, the world. Exactly. Exactly. And we're on this journey together. Absolutely. No one is alone ever. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs>